I want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Seven Steps to Life-Altering Prayer from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Step 5, Comprehensive Reconciliation. I think we've all had seasons in our lives where we have been in various types of situations where we knew that if we could just get two people together at a bargaining table, that there could be resolution to a situation instead of a potential deal going apart. Or even more important, we've been a part of situations where we've known friends And we've said in our minds or in our hearts, if I could just get them to do a table for dinner and we could just talk through a couple of those things, there wouldn't have to be the pain and hurt and bitterness. If we could just get people to the table, we could have reconciliation. Well, that's what we're going to continue to talk about today, a reconciliation, except on a much larger scale. Why don't you open your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 6. Love God's Word. We're continuing our study on the Lord's Prayer. We're at step 5, and our seven steps to life-altering prayer. My hope for you is whether you're here every week, most of us are going to be on vacation at some point. Uh, I I will probably be the only person that's here for every message in the series because I have to be. But I'm hoping that as we're going through this study, you're picking up pieces as we're going through the Lord's Prayer. I also say this, that at the end of our study, we're going to have a time of putting this all together. How do all these seven steps work together so that not only randomly do I have awesome times of prayer, but on a regular basis, on a, how often should we be praying the Lord's Prayer? Every day. Give us this day our daily bread. The Lord's Prayer is meant to be a prayer that we're praying at least once a day. And it's not to be something we just do out of habit, uh, just because, as though we sort of get credit with God because we talked about that. There's no advantage to us to pray through the Lord's Prayer uh, just because we don't get, um, God doesn't like that. God wants heartfelt prayers that come from hearts that are a longing to be with him. Let's turn our attention to the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to begin at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer and lead us into the text we're in today, verse 12. It says, starting at verse 9, it says, Our Father in heaven, pray like this, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. We're going to be talking today about comprehensive reconciliation. God's heart in comprehensive reconciliation. Now, before I go any further, and not only are we working our way through the Lord's Prayer, but I'm hoping that you're picking up on a couple of nuggets that I'm just trying to bring to this discussion as well. Now, when we pray, our prayers should not be inherently random. Now, 
Many of our needs are random, but the way we pray should not be inherently random. Um, I want to give you just a quick uh, nugget before we go right into the heart of this text. One of the critical aspects of prayer, and that is that we pray according to the will of God. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Some of us may be asking, well, what difference does it make if I pray? How do I really know that God is going to answer my prayer? Well, here's the answer to that question. If you're praying according to the will of God, you will get answers. Okay, the answers may not look exactly how you want. They may not have come exactly when you want, but you will be getting the answer that you're requesting. And I'm going to tell you, today's text is one of those texts. There is something specific that God wants us to pray. I find it very interesting here that in the Lord's Prayer, we're being told to pray for things. It's not like, hmm, do I pray for this or not? I would disagree that if Jesus said to pray for this, there's probably a good reason for it. And I think we're going to look behind, uh, maybe even look behind the curtain a bit to figure out even why he's talking about that. What is God's heart for our prayers? I know we want to pray about. I've got some thoughts about some things I would like to pray about today because there's some things going on in my life and in my world that I would like to pray about. But again, the question is, What would God like me to be praying for today? What is he waiting in heaven to answer? He's just like, will you please ask for this? Now, God's not silly like a parent, a human parent, and saying, you know, he's not up in heaven going, if they could just pray for broccoli, I'd be so willing to. It's not like that. What does God want us asking for on a regular basis? I'm going to go to a different text quickly. I want to ask you to turn in your Bible. If you have a Bible, why don't you open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Usually we put the verses on the screen, but I'm going to ask you to actually go there um, for a moment and grab your pen. I'm going to have you circling a couple things. If you're OCD and you don't like writing in your Bible or you don't like highlighting things in your uh, you know, iPhone Bible, um, God wants to deliver you this morning. And um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. Paul says, If therefore anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I just, honestly, I am tempted to stop right now and just preach the whole sermon just right there. If you're in Jesus Christ, you are a brand new person. Everybody around you may not think that. It may take a while for them to see the evidence of the change, but if you're in Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. I'll keep going. Uh, The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of, here's that word again, reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the word to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he, God, made him Christ to be sin 
take our sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here's what I want you to do with your pen really quickly or your highlighter on your phone or your iPad. I want you to circle all five references to reconciliation. I'm sure you're already picking that up as I was reading through that and highlighting that. If you want to know what the heart of God is for you today, if you want to know what the heart of God is for the people you know today, it's reconciliation. Now, not just a superficial reconciliation, a, okay, we'll just sort of get along. All reconciliation begins between us and God. Reconciling, verse 18 said, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. That we in our sinful state, God sent his son because he wanted restored relationship. Those who view God as this like person up in heaven giving the stiff arm. And I guess if you get your act together, maybe we could think about talking about having a relationship if you go to church for five years. That is not the heart of God. The heart of God is reaching. And can I reach more? Because I want you, I want you back in relationship with myself. That's the heart of God. Reconciliation. Let's talk about that. We need comprehensive, gospel-centered reconciliation. And if we're going to understand what the meaning of the Lord's prayer is here, the heart behind the Lord's prayer, it's reconciliation. Here's something that sometimes Christians get wrong. Sometimes we view this text as, okay, okay, God, I'm, this is so awesome. I get saved. I, I, I have a salvation in Jesus Christ. You've reconciled our relationship. Great. I want the reconciliation here. I'm free from sin. My debt is paid. I love Jesus. And here's Jesus, you know, kind of tapping us on the back and saying, hey, hey, hey. That's partial reconciliation. It is the most important by far. But what God longs for is not just vertical reconciliation, but vertical reconciliation that flows into the horizontal, that leads to total or comprehensive reconciliation in all of our other relationships. That's why in the text it's going to say, forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven those who have trespassed or become indebted to us. God's heart for us, as Romans 12 says, is that if possible, as far as it depends on you, to live peaceably with all. And that means that we need to be in a state of reconciliation as far as it is possible. I realize that there are challenges to that sometimes. Let's be honest. Sometimes we want to reconcile with someone, but they don't want to reconcile. Or sometimes we want to reconcile, but we want it on a certain time frame. And sometimes we have to entrust that to God. While reaching out with our heart, sometimes while getting smacked in the face at the same time. Okay? But that doesn't change when we think about, like, why would people be so crazy? I'm trying to reconcile. Okay, well, think for a second about how we are toward God. Here's God with open arms toward a humanity that's lost and depraved and indebted to him. And even as his hands are being reached out, here we are most of the time smacking him in the face and pushing away his hands because we don't want to be reconciled. 
And God calls us to love even when it is not returned. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community, not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, if you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. Verse 12 is bigger than just, I would say, forgiveness. Perhaps you're looking at this text saying, well, let's get back to the text. I thought this is about forgiveness. The goal of forgiveness is reconciliation, not just to get over it and move on. I just think it'd be so cool. Don't, don't we all have a couple different jobs in life that we wish we could have, right? Did you have a couple of those? I've told people if I had five lives to live, I think one would be as a fighter pilot. I think another one would be, um, you know, just random things that I'm probably not ever able to do. But if I had another life and I could devote it to, I love what I'm doing. Don't we all have that, right? If I had five lives to live, I'll let you finish that. But some of us in this room, I think, would love to be just, wouldn't you just love to be in the FBI uh, sometime? Some of you are like, yeah. Some of you are like, no. I just think it'd be so cool to like walk into a room and go, oh, excuse me, sir, FBI, um, I need to. Um, and then everybody just immediately like freezes. Okay. Well, here's the person that can walk into a room and go flash some piece of plastic and metal. And there's an authority behind that person because that person is pursuing justice and everything else halts while that purpose is being served. Now let me back up to us for a second. As believers, as people who reach out to God in prayer on a daily basis, God's heart for us is that we, as we walk into the room, that we are agents of reconciliation. That when we walk into tense situations, when we walk into painful situations, when we walk even into destroyed situations, as ministers of the gospel, I, I loved what Angie had to say. I, I kind of chuckled as she said, you know, well, you know, I'm not one of those pastors or anything. You know, I, I, sometimes I don't think you realize how average pastors really are. And I'm not trying to make myself, you know, I'm not trying to be, we're, we're, we're all the same. I just happen to preach, like other people happen to sing, like other people happen to be ushers and greeters. We're all in this together. We're all the same before the cross. Amen? Okay. All of us have been given a badge and a calling as ministers of the gospel to be first reconciled to God and then to become ministers of reconciliation, sometimes between us and someone, sometimes between two other people or multiple other people, and we're the facilitator of reconciliation. We are agents of reconciliation. The badge we wear is the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what the Lord's Prayer leads us into in order to have reconciliation, we need to realize that our central need in life, the most central thing we need, is forgiveness. Turn to your neighbor for a second and just say, I need forgiveness. And they probably already knew that. Um, I find it interesting in Acts chapter 10, the apostle Peter when he was communicating the gospel in one of the, the very first message to the Gentiles, 
He said this as he summed up the gospel calling. It says, and he, Christ, commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. And to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes on him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. It's interesting how Peter boils down, and he could have put some other theological language there that would have been still accurate. But it's interesting that as he boils down the message of the gospel, he says it comes down to this concept of forgiveness. You take forgiveness from God out of the gospel, it isn't good news anymore. But the forgiveness that God offers, the willingness to erase my sinful choices and to forgive my sinful flesh, and that's awesome. That is the message of the gospel. Once you jot this down, we're going to look at um, the fact that the Lord's Prayer leads us into, here's the first aspect, which is gospel humility. Acknowledging that our messes are beyond human solutions. And no matter what situations come into your life or what is done to you, some of you have had a great week this week. Some of you have had a heart-wrenching week this week. It doesn't matter what we've done or what we've had done to us. We basically have two heart choices in how we're going to respond. The first one is humility, and the second one is hardness. And when someone comes into your room and for whatever reason, whether it's your fault or not, and yells at you and berates you and goes on about that, you have the choice. Will I respond in humility or will I respond with hardness? And when we choose to say things we shouldn't or do things we shouldn't, and we're convicted by the Holy Spirit of what we have done wrong to God, we have a choice. Will I respond in humility or will I respond with hardness of heart. Those are basically the two choices we have. Now, often, when it comes to this text, look what it says here. It says, forgive us of our debts. Amen to that. As we have forgiven our, our debtors. Why is it so hard to forgive other people? Why is it so hard to forgive other people? Every person in this room, no matter what kind of life you've lived, how hard it was at the beginning or how easy it was, how many things worked in your favor or not, how many things, I, we could go on and on and with all kinds of variables, it doesn't matter. Every one of us has been offended deeply in some way. Why is it so hard for us to forgive? Because see, I, I, would, I would have preferred that it just, I mean, I couldn't, I, couldn't we all agree? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts and lead us not into temptation, please. Can we skip the forgiveness part? Why is it that God puts that in there? This past Friday night, we were, um, had some friends over kind of getting ready to say a goodbye to a couple of different friends. And um, um, many of you know that Sam and Christine are, have a few more weeks with us and then they're going to be heading to Chicago to go to Moody. And uh, over here you saw uh, Chris and Allison Plumberg and they, this is actually their last week here. Uh, they're going to Minnesota. He's taking a job at the University of Minnesota and uh, we're going to miss all of them. And so we were playing a game and had a great dinner and um, I'll admit I was tired beyond and um, it was somebody's great idea that we should play the game Brain Games. And um, 
Um, I didn't have much of a brain to bring to the game, so um, I probably should have, but anyways, we started playing this game, and this game is fascinating. It's actually a lot of fun um, if your brain is up to the task. And uh, in this game, it's based on a TV show where they uh, repeatedly do certain interactions with people to show you the limitations of your brain, or really, as we would think of them, as the blind spots of your brain. And help you understand how your brain works. For example, uh, they gave us the, they had these cards throughout the game. And, 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 and basically the long and short of it is by the time you're done, you feel dumb. That's the, pretty much the point. Um, like for example, they had this one thing, this like one uh, th- they would flash in front of you. They have different categories. And this one was vision. And they would they'd flash this elephant from you. You have five seconds to determine how many legs are on the elephant. Now, I don't know, I'm 38 now. Every elephant I've ever seen has four legs. I don't take a lot of time to think about that. But as this card gets flashed up, it's an optical illusion. This elephant, actually, if you were to look close, it has one leg. Because my brain is playing tricks with me. Or here was another one, and this this was not fair to the uh, male species. There's this little thing with uh, seven different shades of red. And when you look at it, they ask you, how many different shades of red, assuming that maybe a couple of them are the same, and so you're looking at it and you're staring at it, and uh, well, it looks like, um, here's the problem. Males only see so so many shades. Uh, We are limited, sorry men. Um, Men can only see five of them in most cases. Women can see seven. I couldn't win if I wanted to, you know? I'll talk about, take that up with the Lord in heaven. Um, Then there was this last one about how many triangles. I found this fascinating. It's like the gestalt concept or principle. And they ask, how many triangles do you have here? Well, I'm looking at this and I see four. The problem is there's only one. But your brain has a tendency to see things and to try to bring closure so you see things that aren't there. I want to go back to the topic we're talking about here for a second. You see, our hearts are like our brains. They have pieces missing. And we have blindnesses to our own sin. And while we can see clearly the sin of others in seven shades... We hardly see our own in three shades. And if we're struggling with this concept of forgiveness, that if I'm going to come to the Lord and I'm going to say, Lord, forgive me of my sin, I I think I see a few things. I think last week I did something wrong, if I remember right. But then we come to this part, as I have forgiven my debtors, those who are indebted, not in a financial sense, but in a spiritual sense, Why is it so hard for us to forgive? Well, here's why. Because when when it comes to our own hearts, we don't pick up so much of our sin. And furthermore, we don't see our sin in relation to a holy God. We see our sin in relation to what I see in the newspaper or what I watch on television. And for sure, I'm not a bomber. I'm not like that person. I'm not even like my neighbor. I cut my grass every week. Not once a month, okay? I'm not like other people. That is the attitude of the Pharisee, but the publican. And so we don't see our need for the forgiveness of Almighty God. 
which then becomes in me when I see myself for who I am in all seven shades of my sin. When I begin to see that, and then I look at a few people who have done little in the scope of eternity, relatively minor things to me. It's so much easier to forgive because I've seen myself in relation to the Holy God. It's what Isaiah said. He said, I see the Lord seated on the throne and I hear holy, holy, holy and I see myself and I'm a person of unclean lips. I deserve to die. I deserve punishment. I deserve separation from God forever and that he would send his son to come to earth to Redeem and save me is absurd. And yet it's true. And all he asks for me to do is to extend that mercy and grace to those around me. Suddenly forgiveness isn't quite as hard as it used to look. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.